Let's go! This is Dubis's team. It is the best team. Are you guys disrespecting my fourth line? Never. I love that fourth line more than my daughter. Scoring-wise, totally unprecedented. This guy is on fire. This needs to be fixed or we're not going anywhere. Do you know what's better than 40 goals a year? 80 goals a year, yeah. which is what he's getting with Mitch Marner. I think you guys are crazy. Stop it. Tim, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Ryan, you are wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the Leafs cast with Steven, Ryan, and Tim. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. A brand new look, brand new intro, a brand new us. That's right. Uh, you've just heard our brand new intro. Kayla had to listen to the podcast for a little bit so she could put together <laughs> that part of the intro. Thank you to Kayla. She hates hearing her own voice. She doesn't like it when I play it, and, and she has to listen to it. She makes her cringe. <laughs> uh, the new look part of it is that Tim shaved his beard. Not all of it, but he trimmed it up a little bit. So that's the new We're look. looking presentable for the Leafs cast now. Uh, so we will be adding a YouTube channel, but it will not be with Ryan and I. It's just going to be Tim, uh, the, the, the Tim <laughs> Tim's perspective of the entire podcast, and we'll update it every Get- week. Give the people what they want to see. Yeah, you can see the beard as it as it gets longer and maybe even a little bit grayer. If we're... depends if the Leafs start losing playoff games. Oh man, how many games do we have left to the playoffs? Eight games left. Wow, we are almost there. Final stretch. It's really flown by. I I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. I... I think the season feels long, and I think it's because we've played the same teams over and over and over again. Like, I'm so tired of watching us play Winnipeg or uh, Vancouver. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. I, I I like this Canadian division. I'm glad it's not 82 games at the Canadian division. And I hope that if it were to continue, we'd still get to play, like, at least one game a year against some other teams, even if it's mainly Canadian. I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want a whole other season of this. Well, I'm just looking around the league and saying, like, Man, I wish we could play New Jersey, who's on a nine-game losing streak, or Columbus, who's on an eight-game losing streak, or uh, San Jose, who's on an eight-game losing streak. Yeah. Here's everyone com- saying the Canadian division's the worst, and then look at these teams that like don't even want to play to finish off the year. I, I don't think I would want to play Vegas, who's on a nine-game winning streak, though. They're looking pretty hot right that, now. That division's good. that that division's a joke, though, because you've got you've got Colorado and Vegas, and then. Uh, St. Louis is essentially below 500, but is comfortably sitting in the fourth playoff spot there. Um, no, Arizona uh, currently is in the fourth playoff oh, spot. Oh, that, okay, that might have changed yesterday. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of the 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 trash at the bottom of these other divisions is is embarrassing. All right, let's get into the week. So the Maple Leafs played four games uh, since we've last recorded. Uh, the schedule has been a little off thanks to Vancouver. Thank you. Uh, Leafs go two and two, two wins against the, the Jets and two L's against the Canucks. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, those Canuck games were not forgettable in any sense. Unfortunately for like infamy, almost as infamy of the, the fall of Jack Campbell and the death of David Riddick, <laughs> man, those were two bad games for goaltending. <laughs> I just I just had this vision of David Riddick in like uh, Infinity War at the bottom of the thing where you get the Soul Stone. <laughs> and it's just David Riddick on the ground. I don't know why that's in my mind, but you're right. That that uh, Tuesday game, a six three loss to the Canucks, where uh, myself and I think a lot of other people would say that was the worst ma- goaltending performance in a Maple Leafs jersey 
I can remember. Yep. I, I don't remember a worse one that it was just so bad. E- even to all the complaints we had about Garrett Sparks or even Hutchinson over the years, I have never seen a game as bad as that David Riddick game. Well, it, well I think what made it the worst was it all it was all in the third period. The first two periods was fine, but he concentrated so much horrible play in that third period, not only losing us the game, but like mentally scarring us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And oh, ugh. And, and, and it Brutal. was a shame to both of those games because in a lot of ways, I think both of them were definitely like poor goaltending cost us both. And the team in front of the goalies, especially the offense, was looking good. Possession was great. Uh, it felt like two games that we really should have won. And there was a lot of talk. This was, I think, the first two games that the Canucks came back after their two, three-week yeah. break. Yeah. Uh, and it we should have we should have known, guys. We should have known last week that the Leafs are going to lose this one. Why do the Leafs always have to be the punchline of the joke here? Like, yeah. Like, like Vancouver was going to play any other team after being off for a month and, and win. It's obviously us. <sighs> there, there was, uh, there was, I think some whispers that were saying it was like an, in a David Ayers esque, um, like situation here where it's that embarrassing. I didn't really feel that way. Um, the reason no. why it wasn't as it's different than the David Ayers game is because the David Ayers was a complete team disaster, top to bottom, horrible all along. This one, we actually looked good. Like, like you were indicating earlier on, it looked like really the game should. We were better than them. We are better than them. The difference was goaltending and they had average to good goaltending and we had well below whale poop level goaltending. So that was us. We even scored a power play goal in back to back games. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's why we lost. Cause we're not used to scoring power play goals that threw us off. So o- almost more important uh, than the, the, the more important loss than the actual two games is that we lost Zach Hyman. Mm-hmm. Was that the second game? Was that on Tuesday? That was the first game. Okay. That was because Sunday. Edler was then rightfully suspended. Uh, so we didn't get to play the second game. That was a super dirty neon knee. He blatantly stuck it out. Yes. I, I, Steven, me, me and you were talking about it. I have no idea how that's only two games. Hyman's out for like 20 and this guy gets two. Give me a break. He's out for two weeks. No, like four weeks. No. Hyman was two weeks. Point Bogo- is that Bogosian will be back long before Hyman will, and that does not compute to me. Player safety, what a joke. I was fired up. I was really fired up after that one because we, we've seen knee on knees happen before, and sometimes it does look like a little bit accidental. It's a fast game. You know, guys meet in the, the middle of, like, open ice, and so, somehow that happens, right? This one did not feel that way. It felt like, you know, Edler, he was, he was out there for a while. He was tired and he was, you know, here's Hyman coming down the boards. Edler's not necessarily flying in there, but he sticks the leg out. It was a lazy play and mm-hmm. b- back to the suspension length. And what has me so fired up is what besides when you're, you know, a, a uh, repeat offender, what is suspension length supposed to be based on? Because it feels like, I, I, is it the severity of, of the potential injury you cause? Like what spin the wheel? What's what's yes. What's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest, you know, the, the worst thing you can do to like to somebody else to get suspended besides, you know, a, uh, uh, um, Todd Bertuzzi, you know, whacking someone in the neck with your stick. It, it feels like it's, it's hitting someone in that, like, like a headshot with your shoulder, with your elbow. Yeah. Right. Because, well, yeah. I don't know. Matt, Matt cook stomped on Eric Carlson's leg with his skate. 
which didn't do well for him. But we're talking about guys that like should be in jail rather than actually in the <laughs> but NHL. But that's is, fine. Is it feels like uh, you know they're oh okay that's a headshot. We don't want we you know we don't want that associated with our game. We need to we need to punt, send out a severe punishment for that because that you know a concussion put Sidney Crosby out for so long. It's going to put guys out of the yep. league for a long time. But a knee injury is is just as severe. And it's like, you know, it's a 50, 50 shot that someone's going to be injured for a month. Like it's, it's just so dangerous. I know. And it's like two game suspension. How hard is Edler really going to think next time he's tired? And like, I, I don't think they've, they've set this to suspension as a deterrent at this point. It's still a slap on the wrist. Um, I mean, if Edler ever gets in trouble again with something like this, definitely they'll, I uh, well, I mean, I have zero faith in the player safety to ever make a rational decision. So more likely, though, that they'll throw the book at him, but and they're I, they're a mess over there. George Peros, not good. I have one more thought on the the just the the kneeing uh, injury as a whole. Right, I pl- I have in my life in my years I have played a lot of hockey. Okay, ice, roller, mini sticks, everything. Two K hits. Uh, to, yes, yes, video game as well, virtual, and never once has some, I've have I seen someone get need. So like that's kind of the opposite of me feeling like like this this just happens sometimes and it's accidental. I've never seen anyone do. I've seen people's fingers get stepped off. I've seen necks get slashed. Uh, I was there for the Todd Bertuzzi. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't there for that. Um, and so I, I, I'm really mad at Alex Edler and the Vancouver Canucks organization and George Peros and Zach Hyman deserves better. And we're sorry to you and your family. But no, let's let's talk more about how the Leafs are a dirty team. <laughs> I saw the thing yesterday. We have the least the least penalty minutes and hits over the last three seasons, and now we're a dirty team. It's so ridiculous. I th- like I don't know. I feel like everyone's been talking about it, but everyone also agrees. Like, no, they're not a dirty team. It's just it's just what's taken on the news these days. All right, let's talk about the next two games. So the more positive part of the week, uh, Thursday and yesterday, Leafs go against the Winnipeg Jets, the second in the division, Winnipeg Jets, and stomp them. They were hot on our heels to like beginning mm-hmm. this series. I think what they were three points back, four points back. Mm-hmm. Now they're eight points back because we, like you said, we stomped them. So I want to talk about last night's game. Uh, Sorry, I'm just going on a rant here. I loved the performance last night so much because it felt like, um, it felt like a playoff like performance where we were, Mm -hmm. we had four lines that were getting under their skin and uh, being, because they they were, I talking about dirty hockey. I thought they were playing pretty dirty last night. You mean like were the 10 minutes left and they decided uh, not to play hockey anymore and just to run our guys yes, a- repeatedly? It's especially against the captain and uh, against Austin Matthews taking serious liberties with the slashing. And it's, it's gross to see, but that's playoff hockey. And I like seeing our guys respond. Well, here's what happens. Their captain took a run at Rasmus Sandin. <laughs> Rasmus Sandin, yes. being like, what, 100 pounds lighter, <laughs> stood there and took the hit, sends him to the ground. Unfortunately, he's just coming back from concussion, from uh, missing some time with concussion. But, you know, he was fine. He stayed in the game. I think he went for concussion protocol. But, but after that, 
they did, they said, okay, well, we're going to go after your stars then. And they started, you know, they got a penalty for taking a hit at Tavares. Yep. And they hit Matthews hard into yep. the board sometimes. Whoa, and, whoa, whoa. Taking a hit at Tavares. They got a penalty for leaping off his thing, elbow first, Tavares into the boards. Like, come on. It's These re- guys are ridiculous. Were, they, well, here's the thing. They were 100% headhunting our stars yes. because they thought that that's what we were doing because Sandine didn't fall over like the guy thought that he would. the cleanest hit. The cleanest so hit. Clean. I was in the living room watching and i was just like but after i was like that's amazing that was amazing and then they're showing the replay i'm like please don't be dirty please but here's the thing dirty (laughs) this is what we saw against boston a few years ago when our best friend of the world nazim kadri was still on our team where they were just slashing us and they were giving us you know these little dirty pokes whatever the refs did nothing and then that's when kadri said fine i'll do something and he goes and gets suspended for like whatever it was six more games or or whatever yep so like even though i don't think anything we were doing was dirty it is the ref's job to mandate the game and make sure that it doesn't get out of hand like last night did because even though like Thank goodness nothing happened to Tavares or Matthews. Any one of those losers could have taken a headshot at, at Tavares or Matthews. All of a sudden, they're injured for two or three months. They get their two-game suspension. They don't care. It, like it, It's too high of risk for the refs to let it get like that. I think it was a failure on the refs. I get so hot and defensive when I'm watching, especially when it's the captain. It's not like I love John Tavares more than any of these other guys, but I'm just like, you're taking a run at my captain. How far away is Winnipeg? I'm getting in my car. I'm coming up there. Um, <laughs> last night, too, I noticed, uh, I'll, I'll get into to Jumbo Joe here for a sec, but with uh, Simmons and, I don't remember who the, oh, is Simmons and Dubois getting the boot from the yes. game with four or five minutes to go just for jawing on the bench. Oh. What were, but how badly did you want those two to hop in the ice and fight yeah, what each did, other? What I were they saying? So I haven't seen that before. Maybe it's because it was towards the end of the game, but like they were it's, just like... It's just like, go home before you do something you regret. Yeah, what was said? Okay, um, so Jumbo Joe uh, was getting in it, into it with Nikolai Ehler, Ehlers uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of the third period, and things were getting hot, and I think it was mostly because Jumbo's here. He's, he's doing the Lord's work, taking care of... Uh, um, or you, you know, protecting our guys, and uh, he goes into the he goes into the box, and is he first he's jawing, j- giving him a sermon uh, out on the ice, slashing him, and uh, I think he broke his stick on him, and then they both get sent to the box, and Ehlers is just screaming, and then Jumbo's screaming, and he doesn't stop screaming. So I came up with a top five <laughs> list of what I think Jumbo was saying because I'm trying to read lips. I love doing that, and uh, um, uh, he's got the beard. It's hard to do. So okay, here's number one. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, you're just as ugly as your father. I would know because I'm old enough to be your father. I might just be your father. That's number one. Uh, Number two, I I had more facial hair than that after I was drafted, or when I was drafted, before you were born, Junior. That's not actually accurate. He was born one year before Jumbo Joe was drafted. And he was clean shaven of the draft, Uh, so I know what you're talking about. Go back to Atlanta. That's a Thrasher's one. Uh, I I remember the Thrasher's. Uh, Age before beauty, and I have both. That's right. Jumbo's a handsome guy. <laughs> Ehlers is fine. He's, you know, not ugly. But anyway, uh, one more. You slash my captain, I'll slash yours. Oh, wait. Your captain's in the dressing room after a hit from our 150-pound rookie defenseman. <laughs> Take a lap, Sonny. That last one. That's the one that he said. You, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, it was, yeah, it was just like, like here's the, the leaders of the, the stars of these teams, you know, just getting the crap beat out of them. And then the trash is just going after each other. So... Um, loved Jumbo last night though, taking care of the boys. He's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, that was a real veteran move. 
All right, you boys ready to hop in the wagon? Let's the roll. Grand, the Grand Wagon. The Grand Wagon. If you don't have a Grand, you don't have a van. Love you, HW. All right, four games this week. Who'd you guys like? The Wagon, by the way. The Wagon is for players who are rolling. Because what does a Wagon do, Ryan? It rolls and rolls and rolls. You can't stop it, all right? So this Wagon, we got a couple of seats. We got to fill it up. Who do we like? Let's go. Man, well... Someone who is a permanent seat in the wagon, John Tavares, just keeps <laughs> yeah. rolling. That guy is the best, top to bottom, offense, defense, class. He's got it all. I, I take a few notes during the game, and one of my notes that I have here is from the first game against Winnipeg. I, I said, John Tavares is playing like he's the forty-eight goal man again. Yes, you know, like he he, he looks so good. He just like he's shooting a lot more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He I he he looks like peak form right now. Um, somebody that I wanted to throw in the wagon is uh, 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 Mitch Marner, especially in those two Winnipeg games. He was killing it. Mm-hmm. He was killing so it. many points. Yeah, well, and especially that second goal uh, um, in the game yesterday, where it was a a weird uh, like jump off of the boards and the pucks like like bouncing and going crazy, and he still was able to settle it down and get in the net. I'm sure that wasn't an easy play as much as there was nobody in the goal. It was still, that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been an easy play. So uh, Mitch Marner, we got some star power in this thing. I was going to say, uh, going along with JT, William Nylander, after missing a week of uh, COVID protocols, has come back like uh, full speed. He's yep. look great. First, well, he was a little slow getting to practice, but full speed. Oh, my God. He was definitely slow getting to practice. <laughs> uh, okay. What about Jason Spezza? Tim, what did Jason Spezza do this week? So I'll, Here's the thing about Jason Spezza. This guy is the class of the league when it comes to being a good human being. So the the AHL this year uh, has their season cut short. And as a result, these minor league guys who are only making like 50 or $60,000 were only slaves. Boo hoo. <laughs> we're only making about half of that. Um, and, you know, living in the city of Toronto, hard to make ends meet to some extent. So Jason Spezza him uh, being paid the least amount on the Leafs out of anyone else got together a bunch of Leafs and said like look guys these guys are the future let's pull together some of our own salaries and like make these guys whole so they they put their put the money in there and like just for the the young the young kids down on the Marlies so cool what a classy move yeah that was such a cool thing to do and uh um yeah to- a total veteran move again Tim yeah you said it he's He's not making that much money on the team either. He's living in Toronto. How do you, I mean, but you just love having a guy like that on your team. Don't you just love hearing those stories from like the veteran of your team? It, I love it. It's it's so great. Absolutely. Uh, I would say that move like almost goes beyond the wagon. That's just that's just uh, great guy right there. Well, we'll let him drive. All right, we'll let him do at <laughs> least right. that. Um, okay, what about well, Jumbo? Spe- speaking, oh yeah, Jumbo. Uh, for his uh, so, sheer energy for <laughs> last night's game, he could be, he could be in the way. And he had a he goal. Tunes. Yeah, and he, yeah. he had a goal. Yeah, oldest leaf ever to score a goal. Wow. Maybe what we'll do, we'll put we'll put the whole fourth line in there because I thought Adam Brooks has been like great. Uh, yeah, really coming out of nowhere. Like we here here on the Leafs cast, we only have room for one. Uh, 
I thought we only had room for one young kid star, and his name was Nick Robertson, but Adam Brooks is uh, making his way up there. Brooks and Spezza are gold. They are so Absolutely. good together. And, like, I feel like for the same thing you said the other week, Tim, that like this is why Spezza and Robertson would be so good. Spezza and Brooks are also so good. Like I want to see just a line of Spezza, Robertson, yep. and Brooks. I think that would be super fun. So, okay, uh, is that it? Is that who uh, we're liking? One more just... Uh, driving in front of the wagon is the hearse that is carrying David Riddick's dead body. So that's what, no, you got that going on ahead. <laughs> oh no! Uh, All right, so we've got uh, Mitch well, Marner. One thing, one thing, one thing I want to mention: not quite ready for the wagon, even though that hit on Blake Wheeler is almost enough to get him in there. But Rasmus Sandin is looking real good. Real good. If we, uh, we but we, like we, we forgot to mention it, but Bogosian's injured now for. Uh, basically the rest of the regular season so we'll get a yeah, for four weeks at sandine probably for the going forward so he'll he maybe he could be in the wagon next week wait a minute we're about i was about to end the wagon segment how many goals does austin matthews have to score this week to get in the wagon <laughs> <laughs> he have like four goals this week he's driving the hearse he he's had he's had a great couple of games he he was he was bred in this league behind teams that you know let in six goals and scored seven there was a couple of those games earlier in the week he loves it austin matthews was looking great this week uh, both him and Mitch were looking great. So Austin Matthews, you got a permanent seat. Um, I, I saw he's, he's got 34 goals this this year. That's his number. That's the same. He's scored uh, the same amount of, or at least that many goals every single year he's been in in the league. What a star! What he a just star. has to score exactly two goals a game for the rest of the season to get to 50. How many? What's crazy wow. about? Austin Matthews is like you said in his first season in the league he scored 34 goals I think that year did he play he played like uh like 60 or something he had some injury problems yeah. oh no sorry his, sec- his second year league he had 62 games he had 34 goals and we thought man this guy is unreal and now here he is scoring 34 goals in what 40 games yeah yeah but he he's gone from like this guy is a great player in the National Hockey League to this guy is the best player in the National Hockey League. He has he has eight more goals than anyone else. That Miko Rand at a number number two. Yeah, it's well, crazy. I, I, that Connor McDavid is having a historic season in his own right. But best goal scorer in the league, I'll give you that much. Yeah, Fair. It's, it's unbelievable, unbelievable seeing what he's doing and and how long he's been doing it and just. Oh my goodness, it's it's so great thinking that he's on our team. So yeah, props to him. He's gonna keep doing it too. It, sure, sure. If he if he plays a. Uh, uh, half as many games as Patrick Marlowe. Maybe he'll score the most goals in, in NHL history. Sorry, Alex Ovechkin, take the title from you. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've got... Uh, this is a very full wagon. <laughs> this is a grand caravan. We're, we're riding low these days. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. We, last week, we had hardly anyone in the wagon because we were burning it all to the ground. So this we're just borrowing from last week's space. <laughs> so Jason Spence is driving. Uh, we've got Willie in there. I think if Willie's in there, I would like uh, the veteran leadership to have a nice long chat about the team's communication methods and uh, how to stay in the loop for Willie, maybe so he can get on this texting chain. He doesn't miss as many meetings. Um, just a nice, long, long chat. That's how I'm feeling. I love it. <laughs> okay, let's get into the topic for this week. So um, we last week we sat down and we said, you know what, here's the perfect fit. This is our perfect lineup, and Sheldon Keefe needed our help. Uh, but turned out he didn't need it that much because he went on to perform the biggest shakeup uh, in the lines of the entire season and yep. used very few of our suggestions. Um, not cool. 
between yeah between, between just moving new players in where we didn't expect and then having key players injured everywhere else it was our uh we might have to re-record last episode but anyway so a lot's <laughs> different but tim go ahead and intro um kind of what we're going to be doing here so this week we decided so last week we looked at uh the perfect fit and where the players fit in the week before that we looked at the competition analysis of uh, what we thought of the other teams in our division that were likely making the playoffs. So then this week, what we're doing, we're looking inside and looking at the Leafs and saying, what is different this year compared to last year or the year before that or the year before that or the you know, the year before that? All the years <laughs> where we didn't make the playoff or didn't make it past the first round of the playoffs. What is either giving us more hope this year or, uh, I, or sometimes what's something that's concerning this year that we maybe had figured out last year and can this be fixed before, uh, mm-hmm. before the playoffs? But what, uh, what, has, what is getting us excited for being eight games away from the playoffs? So close. Oh, so, so close. Cancel your schedules, guys. Yep. It's clear. Okay. Uh, uh, Ontario's is going to keep locking stuff down until there's nothing to do but watch the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the best strategy to bump up those TV ratings. Okay, I want to go first. All right, hit us, Ryan. All right. I've been watching this team, and I think it was incredibly evident in the past two games against Winnipeg, which is why I want to bring it up here. But I want to talk a little bit about the grit that our team has right now. And, and I remember... I remember back, especially against those series with Boston and somewhat in the series against uh, Columbus too. But in those series against Boston, we would play a good game. We would play hard. We would, you know, be the small, skilled, talented team that we were. Mm -hmm. And Boston just had these pests. They had, you know, Brad Marchand. They had... um, what was the other guy? DeBrusque. Uh, DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque. And just these guys, Chara, oh my goodness, don't even get me started on Chara. They just had these guys that would just like make you so mad. And you could just imagine how angry the players were to have to play against those guys. We, uh, we, we, we were, were getting mad. licked. Like, we were mad because the refs refused to call penalties on these guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. But like we absolutely suffered because of that. Like we, we had a hard time just like yeah. mentally beating these guys because they were just like, mentally beating us in every edge physically beating us it, no well and mentally like, they were in our heads like we couldn't figure out how to how to get around these weirdos who were and these pests they were in our heads doing too. These our, things. us as, as the, the leaves cast they were in yeah. our heads <laughs> but this year and you could see it last night against winnipeg we were that team not doing anything dirty not licking anybody but we were the team that was kind of getting under the nerves getting the other team frustrated they didn't know what to do and we just one and I think that that is absolutely going to have some effect in the playoffs moving forward. We're no longer just the skilled small team. We can go down and get dirty in the corners. We can take a hit. We can make a hit. It, it's going to make a difference going forward. Austin, Matthews this is even without. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Zach, I would say this is even without Zach Bogosian in the lineup. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I know. I don't think we. I don't think any of us expected with Bogosian out, Sandine in. We'd be talking about a big hit that Sandine laid on one of their bigger guys. Oh, that was like that. That might have been the best hit of the season too. That is a part of the Leafs that I do miss, though. I miss the old days where like just 2013. Yeah, yeah. They all let like just hard hitting Leafs. I guess that that league has gone away. But Ryan, you're totally right. Um, and you know, I, I do think we're a little bit of a hybrid team where, you know, if the game mm-hmm. necessarily isn't calling for that and we want to play it a different way, we, we can, but in a game like last night where 
they started it. We're going to go ahead and finish it. Um, yep. And man, just, I'm still hyped up about jumbo last night. And uh, um, that was awesome. So yeah. And like, you look at how mad Ehlers yep. and uh, Dubois were there. Like they were rattled and they, they just, their minds weren't in anymore. And they were basically done for the rest of the game at the expense of Simmons and Thornton are fourth liners. So like, it's, it's only a win-win. I mean, it also helps that Paul Maurice bench Shifley for a, a lazy line change for like 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That was, that was a good one. Rye, uh, t- Tim, you want to go second? So the other thing that I've seen uh, Sheldon Keefe do this year, partly out of necessity is we've had some injuries and every single one of our guys picked up on waivers. Um, But we have a lot more flexibility this year, both with the lines that we can roll out, but as well as like the personnel uh, that we have available to us. And this is like only boosted from what Dubas was able to do at the deadline. He didn't, go all out for to get Taylor Hall, who might have been definitely the most skilled acquisition that he could have gotten. Yep. But wouldn't have added any grit. Would have uh wouldn't have given us more flexibility just in just in case we did have all these injuries. Uh but I do like how much more flexible we are. Like I remember last year against Columbus, we were out there in game five having to roll out the super line of or the yep. money line, whatever you want to call it. And this line that had zero minutes together throughout the whole regular season, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, you throw three talented guys together, you're going to get results. Sure. But. Yeah, but even Willie had to play center for that, which he hadn't done all season. It was just like, yeah, you're right. It was something that we hadn't tried and, and we were super in, in, ill-practiced for. Yep. Both forwards and on on defense. Like last year, as soon as Muzzin was out, I mean, even, even this year, if, if Muzzin gets injured again, uh, that's a huge blow to the team that we can't uh, can't just instantly replace. But having either Hutton available to come in yep. or or Sandman. Basically, uh, what you're saying is at least it's not Martin Rich. <laughs> the poor guy. He's here every year and he's there when we need him. But I just hate that we ever might have to need him. So a hundred percent. And you look at like those games against Vancouver was the first time really that we switched up our, our D pairings. You know, we had Riley with Hall and Muzzin with Brody yeah. in those games. And honestly, I, I actually didn't really like those pairings. We, I think we nixed it once we got to Winnipeg. So it's just for those two games. I'm kind of glad the experiment's over. They, they had a lot of giveaways. It didn't really work. But, but you know, Tim, you made the point earlier, you know, we were talking about it. And you said it's probably just Keith trying to, like, you know, in case we need to in the playoffs, get them some reps together so that we know if it works and know if we can do it. Like, it never hurts to try these things out. Yeah, I even liked uh, Rasmus Sandin getting a bit of power play time. He uh, he looked pretty good out there. He, he looked great. He looked just really good. Yeah. The passes that he's making and, and just, uh, I guess, his confidence with the puck, it feels like it's not... He's like he's like a weird rookie because I feel like we've been, you know, ready for him to come in for like two years now. But he he's not playing like, you know, this is his what, 10th, 12th game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for sure, are we talking about do you want to talk about some of the new guys then that we've seen? Not David Riddick. But do you guys want to talk about Nick Foligno <laughs> then? You mean the guy who we haven't mentioned all podcasts? Yeah, yet? yeah. Despite, despite <laughs> that, cost us a first round pick. So let let's talk about him a little bit. We've seen him for two games now. Um, he's had two assists, and he's been on the top line, which we didn't we didn't predict at all. Now, granted, we don't have Zach Kyman right now, so the the lines are a little mm-hmm. bit shaken up. But uh, Nick Foligno comes in. What do you guys think? You go ahead, Tom. I think. Uh, well, one. 
love uh, the. I think it was the end of the f- first Winnipeg game where he had the puck along the boards, was kind of fighting with one of their players, and could have shot for the empty net to get a goal in his first game, like complete the story. But like pure class, just shuffles it to the middle where uh, I think it was Marner that yeah. ended up putting it home. But nice to see that. Um, Overall, I'd say he's been okay to fine. Certainly not a standout, but I mean, like, he's not a standout kind of guy. I think both Matthew, both, uh, like, the Matthews line has been dominating both offensively and defensively when they've been out there with him. So that's uh, that's definitely a plus. Here's what I noticed about that Matthews-Marner pair now that they have Felino. And it's not like they didn't have it before, but especially in those two games against Winnipeg when Felino joined us. Those three guys, all of them will puck hunt and forecheck and be like dogs on a bone when it's in the mm-hmm. offensive zone. They will fight for that puck and they usually keep it in for an extra like 20 or 30 seconds because they go and take it away from a guy in the corner. So I'm at any one of the three and it's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I don't know if like, I don't, I didn't really see Matthews and Marner do it like that before <laughs> Felino was there. So I don't know if this is just like Felino's presence. That's kind of bringing that to that line, but I, I, I they didn't need it. to Zach Hyman would just go do it for them. <laughs> it, it feels very, uh, uh, like Toronto, you know, talk radio to be giving like a, an analysis. Of, he's, only, he's only played two games after a week off, but I've been, I've felt a little bit underwhelmed. I think it's part partially because I'm sad that Zach Hyman's gone, but I just mm-hmm. feel like, especially for the cost that we had given up, I, I don't feel like we've gotten, it, it doesn't feel like we've had that kind of impact from him so far. Um, I've also had a tough time tracking him because he's, he's 71 and Brooks is 77. And I keep being like, Oh, who's that guy? And I, I get confused a little bit. Um, you say, is that David Clarkson out there? I guess it's really, it's, it's not that he hasn't been good. It's just like, I'm thinking about the top line and how much worse he is than Zach Hyman at what he's doing. Um, that's a, a I wouldn't say order. he's worse. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say at all that, that he's been worse. If anything, like there's maybe one or two chances that he had that he had took a good shot and it didn't go in. I thought like, Oh, maybe, maybe Zach Hyman could have put that in. If you're right, he probably offensively, he doesn't have the same hands as, as Hyman. But one thing that I did notice about him, which I thought was great was him on the penalty kill. Yes. He looks really, really good. And I actually think he looks better than Zach Hyman on the penalty kill. I want to see him keep getting PK one, get Hyman down to PK two. All of a sudden we have two great penalty killing units. Yeah, so, so that's good. The special teams can just not be a factor at all at all of the playoffs. We, just, <laughs> we don't score them. We don't let them in. All right? That's yep. it. We're talking about what's different, and, you know, we're kind of going over the, the, the new faces in here. Can I give you guys what our, our lines were for the, the playoffs last year? Sure. Uh, so Wait, for which game? Uh, th- I think this was game three. Um, okay. So top line, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Zach Hyman. Love it. Love it. The old look. Uh, second line, Ilya Mikheyev, John Tavares, Mitch Marner. Love it. The old that was back when Mikheyev knew how to score. Here, here's where the, the lines look so, so much better now. Uh, so we got Nick Robertson, Alex Kerfoot, Kasperi Kapanen. That's a pretty good third line. But the fourth line, Kyle Clifford, Frederick Gauthier, and Jason Spezza. Ugh. Just, just like, like. Kyle Clifford, Frederick Gauthier take a lap, but then even last year's Jason Spezza can kind of take a lap because this new Jason Spezza is so much better. And then the two other pieces on that line are so good. 
But like you look at this year's Jason Spezza, he is that way because he's playing with like Brooks and Thornton and people who will like set him up for success. That is a waste of Jason Spezza putting him with like two nothing players like Goten and uh, who is it? Malkin? Who is it? Malkin? Uh, Clifford. Two guys that aren't in the league this year. (laughs) Malkin. No, not Malkin. Milk. What's his name? (laughs) Mikheyev. No, no. um, Clifford. Go, uh, what are you whatever. saying milk for what's his name we got a guy um kyle clifford no no we had a different guy what was his name malkin Mel- no dennis malkin Mel- malkin yeah malkin <laughs> that's who i'm thinking of not malkin malkin <laughs> well and then obviously the defense as well you know we don't have cody cc and tyson barry on our team anymore um and man just yeah seeing how sandine's playing right now we, we should mention too just I mean, we touched on it a little bit before but um bogo is going to be out a long time zach bogosian flew mm-hmm. into the boards you hate seeing it i've done it a million times uh <laughs> you fly into the boards full speed and it felt like his leg broke or his ankle completely twisted around turns out it's a shoulder injury mm-hmm. and we're not going to see him till the playoffs start so that that sucks it sucks but like I'm not concerned one bit with our D pairs. We're rolling out there with Rasmus Cindy and Travis Dermott. They look great. They look so good. And you compare that to last year. Like, you know, we're comparing this to what we didn't have. What we didn't have was that depth, that break glass in case of injury player. And, you know, we, we picked up, um, TJ Brody or was his no, uh, well, picked up Ben Hutton, but we also had TJ Brody where Cody Cece was playing. Yes. Yes. No, our D is so much better. So, so much better. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll go for what's different and, uh, it's a little bit of a different spin. So what's different is goaltending this year. And this is going many years back as well. Cause it kind of feels like the playoffs are just the same old story when we're playing against the Bruins and, uh, uh, we've had Anderson for five years. Now. Yes, yes, we've had a really, a really long look at him, and then uh, and years we've had a uh, just a bunch of different backup goalies. But anyway, they don't usually end up playing because it's just Anderson. But the, it's really up in the air who's going to end up playing this year. So this year we're rocking uh, Jack Campbell. David Riddick is in the building. Michael Hutchinson <laughs> still hasn't been waived, I don't think. Um, and then haven't needed to Frederick Anderson is going to end up being back. And this is more of, I guess, a negative spin on the what's different is I feel so bad about our goaltending right now. Um, going into the playoffs. I'm so glad that we don't have to play against a team like Boston in the first round. Um, a couple pods ago when we were talking about playoff goaltending, I think around the trade deadline, I made a comment that I really feel like if Freddie was in there, uh, and th- th- this was before Jack Campbell went on his 11-game win streak. I felt like if Freddie was in there, I would feel okay with it. And I know that he's had a bad season this year, and he had had a bad season last year. But part of me just feels like playoff hockey is so serious, and um, the teams that we're going against are so good, and a guy that's been there before that I, uh, maybe I'm wrong here. Would you guys say Freddie gets rattled? Mm, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like I, I partially agree with you. I feel like Freddie is is more the safe choice. Like you're going to get maybe slightly below average, maybe slightly above average, but pretty close to average goaltending with Freddie and net. He's probably not going to like steal you a game in the playoffs. At least he hasn't for the last five years. He has. Um, I I remember some games where Freddie, Freddie has done well. I remember a game we were there for where Freddie had made some really serious saves. And it's also me just, just feeling like, we're not. We don't have to go up against a Boston in the first round this year. And and Freddie played well against Columbus last year. And I I would just feel so much better if like Freddie hadn't been hurt this whole time and he comes in and mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. Uh, um, cold. 
Yeah, I think I think as far as goaltending goes, I don't know. It's hard because I would say I am more worried about Campbell getting rattled after a bad goal, and then we're done, or, or something and happens, done. and Anderson, or the yeah. or the series is done, right? Like if like like we get but, so nervous. And, but I, oh, go ahead, Tim. But but I don't know. But like game to game, like he's been better than Anderson this year. And he was all right the last two games. Last night felt like he barely got challenged. He didn't even get challenged <laughs> at all. Still. He did make one. He did make a key save uh, when on one, one of the four on yeah. fours. Yeah. And the first goal um, was really tough. Um, I would say that I'm feeling more confident in goaltending this year, even though it's been quite the controversial topic. I feel it because we have those two guys. Like if if we go in, let's say Freddie plays game one. I don't think he will, but let's just say he he does. And we win. Great. Game two, we lose. Oh, dear. Game three, we lose bad. Uh-oh. All of a sudden, you just throw Campbell in the net. And then you're like, it's fresh. And, yeah. and we have a whole new guy. And you never know. Like, we've never had that before. It was Freddie or or just call it quits. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, maybe we've been talking more about what's going to happen, you know, next year and years down the road. We can do that later. But um, it is. It kind of feels like Jack Campbell. Maybe he is a career backup where he he's kind of like a big save Dave on steroids, where he can he can crank out a couple of really good you know performances, um, but you can't you can't hang your hat on him for the entire playoffs. And I'm nervous. I'm really nervous about that this year in the playoffs because I don't know. It's so important. Yeah, it is. It's so important. And uh, Camp Campbell's been up and down and. Gosh, I hope I, I just really hope Freddie comes back. I, I think I, I let you guys get in my head in that last podcast where I was like, well, maybe I'm remembering wrong. Freddie, you know, he really is a liability in the playoffs. He's he's not <laughs> going to get rattled. I don't think he gets rattled like that. And I know uh, Freddie in the playoffs, he's solid, but he just lets in a bad goal. Does like not quite not to the extent that Jonathan Bernier did when he was here when he was here. But there are some untimely goals he lets in when you just need a save. Better than Riddick, though. But the teams that we're going to be going up against this year, uh, until we get to the final four, is not going to be Boston because they were, you know, they were so good. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess you have to take that a little bit with a grain of salt. Sorry, sorry to go negative on you, but I'm nervous. Okay, I, w- I want to talk about about one more here. We're just under 45 minutes, so I'll make it quick. Yeah. But I, I think it's worth mentioning this year. I, and to be honest, I forget. If it feels like it was been a thing forever, so it probably was a thing last year. It's still a thing this year, but we struggle with consistency from game to game. And I'm just gonna like go through this season so far and and, ju- and just listen to this. The first four games, we win three of them, then we lose one. We win another four, lose one, win another four, lose two, win another three, lose one, win another four. Looking great. All of a sudden, we drop six of our next seven. Then we win nine of our next 10. Then we lose five in a row. And now we're winning two again. Like, what is this team? How do we like win 10, lose five, win four, lose seven? Like, yeah. why, what what happened to the days where you just like win a couple, lose one here or there? Like, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm, I'm kind of nervous that we're going to hit one of these yeah. cold droughts in the playoffs and we just won't be able to get out of it yeah. because that's happened so many times this season. But like at the same time, we could hit a hot spell, which we've also done this season. So it's it's worrisome how unpredictable our team is to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I compare it to last year. 
like last couple of years, unpredictability has been like, are the Leafs going to show up and not and like we had some real stinkers the past couple of games, uh, the past couple of years. Um, this year, a lot of those streaks, like that, that one of those streaks there, like we deserve to win five out of those seven games we lost. We just got goalied again and again and yeah. again, which was so annoying. But Tim, you can throw around that excuse all you want. We're going to probably get goalied one or two games in the playoffs. Like, it's not like it, we got goalied, so it's cheating. Like, like it happens. But you know, though, we're, talk, we're talking about getting goalied here. We've beat the crap out of Hellebuck lately. Um, mm-hmm. who, you know, who's the, who's the goalie that's going to goalie us in the playoffs. We traded for the only one that could goalie us in the playoffs and big mm-hmm. save Dave. Mm-hmm. And then we killed him, but you're right. Yeah. You are, you are right. That's something that, that, that makes me nervous. But then I think about the last times in the playoffs, um, you know, we, we have some stinker performances, but we've gone to, we've gone to the maximum amount of games of each series, <laughs> right? You know, we, we, uh, we're very on brands like, yeah, that. we've gone, we've gone to seven games, three times and five games once. And so, uh, or no, a, once was in a five game series. Sorry, no, we got, <laughs> we got sixth, right? Didn't we? Washington was game six, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. He, four out of those f- six games were in overtime. Yep. I remember that series. Um, very stressful. What, one other thing un, unrelated to that. It's actually unrelated to this topic at all, but I, I wanted to say it because I did the work in calculating it. So you have to listen to me and, and put up with this. All right, Tim, you ready but, to listen? But, I don't know. But what I did <laughs> is I wanted to see what our record was against Edmonton, Montreal, and Winnipeg compared to our record against Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa. Because it seems that we win these games against Winnipeg and we lose these games against Vancouver yeah. way too often. So I wanted to actually see what the numbers were. So our numbers against Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal, the teams that are in the playoffs, is 16-6-2. That's over an 82-game season. That's on pace for 116 points. That's exclusively against playoff teams. Pretty good. Our record against Calgary, Vancouver, and Ottawa, 14-7-3, a 105-point pace. We have a worst record by like yeah. a decent chunk about against these bad teams than we do against the good teams, which I guess is only a good thing going into the playoffs. But how frustrating that, is that? That's such a leaf thing to happen. But also all, this is also just uh, kind of similar, not quite leaf talk. So I'm, I apologize. But looking at the Ottawa Senators and the Edmonton Oilers this year, this year Edmonton beat Ottawa nine games to nothing in the season series. Mm-hmm. If you take out those nine games. Edmonton and Ottawa have the same number of points. Wow. No. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's too funny. Yeah. That's Ottawa, a, uh, hilarious. Ottawa's gonna be interesting. I I I track their prospects a little bit. They're gonna be interesting uh, going forward, but uh uh I don't know. I just like hey, some of their Steven, defense. Oh. Shut up. It's <laughs> talk. Oh. Sorry, Optimus Prime. All right, you guys wanna hop into the quick hitters? Let's do it. Well, okay, it's quick hitters slash preview. We don't play till Wednesday. Gross. I think I'm going to go on a walk with my wife. I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, we used to go on a lot of walks a few weeks ago. Why was that? Oh, that was when we weren't playing games until like, you know, Thursday, Friday or something in the week. Um, we played Montreal on Wednesday, Vancouver on Thursday, and then Vancouver again on Saturday. So we're going to get a look at Big Save Dave again? Mm, probably, I, I guess. Freddie could come back. Who knows? Redemption. Who knows what's happening there? Um, yeah, we have a lot of games against the Canadians. We haven't played them in a while. 
uh, like a couple of weeks. And so we played uh, them a lot moving forward. We have half our games going against Canadians going forward. And, More than and, half. And they're spiraling. It felt like for a while there, it was really set that we were going to end up playing the Canadians in the first round. Could definitely be Calgary at this point. I don't like that. I like that. Uh, I, my money's still in Montreal. Okay. How do you say you like that? Do you not remember those games against Calgary, Steven? It's so boring. It's so boring. Yeah, but I remember the games against the Canadians, and uh, uh, I would. I, the Canadians are way better than Calgary, in my eyes, at least against us. But at least it's, it's entertaining. I don't want to watch more Columbus hockey. Calgary in the playoffs sucks, too. They suck in the playoffs, man. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, okay, so do the least play... So do we. Uh, okay, does, do we win on Thursday with whatever goalie we have against the Canucks? Do we get a W? <sighs> no. Yes. <laughs> we, have, we have to even up to... Right now, they've beat us four times. And we've only beat them three. We have to even up the series. Do uh, okay. Here's here's another quick hitter. Do I? How many power play goals be getting this uh, week? Don't ask me. You ask that every week. <laughs> Usually the answer is zero. We play three games. I don't know. If Matthew Matthews will get all of them, whatever the number is, Matthews will get them all. I refuse to answer this question. Uh, will <laughs> I like Nick Felino more next time we record? Yep. Tim, will I? No, nah, it'll be the same. It'll be the same. Okay. Maybe he scores the power play goal, and then I feel really good about him. Is he on power play? No, but maybe he gets in right. there. I don't know. <laughs> I so. Okay. Uh, yeah, so then and then we play again next Saturday uh, against the Canucks again. Uh, stupid Canucks. And they're they're doing all right, too. They have a chance to make a playoff. We could end up playing them. So it's kind of funny. We're just stuck. It's lonely at the top. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't be concerned. We cannot be concerned about these guys. We used to be concerned about our playoff uh, matchup when we were we were like you know the third, fourth seed. We're the top seed. We're not scared of anybody. You guys need to get behind me. I'm scared of boring hockey. Give me a fun series. And the Ottawa Senators. All right. Yes, in Ottawa Senators. Wrap it up. <laughs> Take it down. Take it down. Maple Leafs, we love you. Nick Felino, I do love you. Don't. I hope he's not listening to the podcast. I want him with high spirits. See ya. What I want.